Hey, hey, namaste, my fellow Marvelous Nerds. We are the Marvel Mythos Podcast. This is Spider-Man Maximum Carnage Part 2. We're going to be talking about the last seven chapters of the Maximum Carnage event. I am your host, Brian Barley. You can find me on Instagram at Marvel underscore Mythos and on Twitter at Marvel Mythos Pod. I am joined today by the wonderful Liz Sparks. Hello. Where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at SparkyBoyFan. And the one and only David Embry. What's up? Where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at Embry David or on Twitter at Davy Jones Embry. Awesome. So we're going to jump right in because there is a lot to cover. Uh, so in Spider-Man 36, Spider-Man and his crew enlist J. Jonah Jameson to set a trap for Carnage in the paper by running a front page, page article titled Carnage Come Home. Richard, Mary, and May Parker get jumped outside of Peter's apartment. Flash Thompson and Molten Man save them. Carnage takes his crew to the orphanage he was raised in and explains he was raised there after his dad killed his mom for trying to kill him, he thinks. He tells them he was bullied and tortured, then Spider-Man's crew shows up. They use the Reed Richards sonic gun on Carnage, but it doesn't work. Firestar's fire does, however, and the symbiote is successfully removed from Cassidy. Venom is about to kill him, but Spider-Man stops him. Shriek takes the opportunity to cut Cassidy's face, causing him to bleed. Thanks to the symbiote permanently changing his blood, he is able to reform the symbiote from his, uh, his cut face. Um, side note, my notes auto-corrected to cute face. I don't agree with that. And there's a brief interlude Some where... Some people do. Yeah, mm-hmm. Maybe. I'm Shriek sure. does. Um, and the the fans of the uh, was it um, Charles Manson stuff or well if people are fans of uh, you know Thanos think he's hot in the movie Ooh. that's a good point oh my I'm sure there's Carnage fans out there and there is a brief interlude earlier in it where Iron Fist frees Deathlock from the electronic screen in the city which was a different take than I thought was going to happen with Deathlock I'm not going to lie I thought that he was going to be used on Carnage's crew but he was not. So, all right, this is another big battle between everybody again, kind of the running theme of this. What did you guys think about this, this particular issue? They're still introducing characters. <laughs> it doesn't end. I like how, like, uh, some of these guys can just be, you know, walking down their, their block, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, oh, snap, there's a big commotion going on, you know, molten man's hands in his pockets, walking down the street. And he's like, you know, better, better join up, you know, see what I can do. The molten man thing, honestly, is probably the most irritating one. I think at this point, especially knowing how this whole thing plays out, he doesn't do anything. That's Liz's brother or something, right? Which one's molten man? Is that the gold guy? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. He was protecting the family. <laughs> and Flash Thompson, who I did not recognize. Luckily, he shouted his name as he threw fists. So, was he wearing that. a crop top? I don't remember. Mm, not that I noticed. No, he was wearing like a uh, like a tank top, not a crop top. Okay. So, that's a little better than before. Uh, what did you guys think of Carnage's little backstory about his the orphanage and the bullying and the it, his parents? It uh, gave me some Uncle Ben vibes. Cause he was what? Just, he, <laughs> <laughs> well, just how he's bringing it up, like later in the issues, they keep bringing it up about like his past and all that, and okay. it was it was kind of like how you know Peter would be like, you know what, guys, I can't remember if I've told you today or not, but you know, <laughs> my my uncle Ben, he died, and he taught me a valuable lesson. Yeah, so Carnage is all Carnage is just like, hey guys, you wanna you know how I got these scars, dude? That's exactly what I thought <laughs> yeah. of the whole time, and yeah, and it's just. My dad killed my mom for trying to kill me, I think is what he says, right? Yeah, but he 
every but he time couldn't remember he's like, if it was either or. Yeah. yeah. So are they trying to retcon two different storylines they've brought up over? Well, no, because we've read all of what Carnage. Yeah, yeah we've read his beginning. So I think it's just his kind of uh, his crazy talk. His his mind and his mouth is going like a million miles a minute. Well, I don't know. I feel like they're trying to set something up because the casket was empty at the end. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. But like, his what was his mom's casket? Was empty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't well, know. They That's... are setting something up. I don't know about his. You know, his home that they keep going back to was just like burned down. So maybe she just was. I don't know. Incinerated. I'm almost wondering if maybe. I don't know. It's such a weird thing because he doesn't seem to remember all of it. So, well, did you see like in the one little panel, like all the crap that the owner of the orphanage was like beating him with? He had a whole little like torture chamber going on. He had like a, it's awful. a whip and all that stuff. Yeah, he had a yeah. baseball bat and yeah. Mean- if they couldn't get it across how messed up he was, they're like, "Well, we got to have this, you know, bondage room at this, you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. this." Place he grew up in. They're really setting up the whole. Uh, he's he's not responsible for his actions. Is well, there's a extent. lot of people out there who've gone through a lot of real terrible things, and they're not mass murderers. So well, I don't and, disagree. Like <laughs> they they can set it up that way, but there's no point in the story where they were just kind of like we should learn from this and better our system. Of, you know, it was just kind of hey, he's he's been messed up this whole time. Yeah, there's a lot of Spider-Man wrestling with these different ideologies or whatever throughout this. And, and this most of them don't even them. pay off. It drives me nuts. Yeah, they don't. Um, so, again, it's kind of the same thing we've been seeing all along. Looks like they get the upper hand, but unfortunately, Carnage gets cut and the symbiote comes back out. Any other major pieces you guys wanted to cover on that one? I thought the art was great in this one. Um I don't know what it was about this particular issue, but I thought this issue and the last one, I feel like had the best like panels and things. And then there was some, some stuff like, you know, uh, in the other issues that, uh, that I kind of blew me away, like some panels and things, but, uh, consistently this whole, this whole issue, um, number eight of maximum carnage was, was pretty good. I thought the art was stellar. Yeah, I love the way that they kind of did the flashback scenes in it, where it was almost like a, I don't know, would you call that like a sepia color instead of like the normal black and white that you might see? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I thought that was a cool way to do it, especially with the way the panels are laid out. Uh, Tom Lyle did a great job throughout this one. I kind of see where you're coming from on the last one, possibly being the 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 other one that stood out art-wise, although I will say it was probably the back half of that because I think there were two different artists on Unlimited. If I, it, at least it looked that way and the back half is the one that that really sh- um hit me uh speaking of art firestar luckily there was only one redhead in this otherwise i wouldn't have even known who she was because her appearance <laughs> changed so drastically in the uh previous issue she issue she looked like a child and in this she looks like maybe a 40 year old woman um, so yeah wasn't quite sure what was going on there she aged a lot over the course of a day and a half or whatever it's been yeah I'm glad you pointed all this out craziness the, takes its toll. True. I'm glad you pointed out the shriek cuts his face and makes him bleed. I completely missed that. So, oh, yeah. You did? So you were like, <laughs> how did the symbiote come back? Yeah, I thought it was just uh, convenient. He rested and he was fine now. 
No, it was a throwback to like, uh, I guess the first issue where they talk about the blood being the thing that, that brings it out, which, which doesn't make any sense to me. It's, it's in his body, but they just need to cut him, open him up to, for it to come back for it to breathe. So if he's in a, a stasis tube or whatever type of containment field, couldn't he just give himself a bloody nose and then? Yeah, for real. It's not that hard. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, and they completely drop the. So in the last issue or a couple issues ago, before Morbius went to go sleep in his chamber or whatever, he went and got Shriek's file that was supposed to give us her backstory or whatever, some big secret. Oh, yeah. And it just it was dropped, never mentioned again. Yeah, Morbius and Night. Well, is that how they found them later? Wasn't there a scene where Morbius and Nightwatch find them? Uh, Maybe not. I thought there was, but then they don't do anything after that. But it might have been something else. I'm trying to remember now and struggling because the app just crashed on me. And Morbius nice. was struggling too. <coughs> he forgot. Sorry, Dave. Just coughed on you. And they should have let Venom kill Carnage right there. That, so many that's people what was driving alive. me crazy. This whole thing was, you know, uh, Spider Man. He would. Uh, I feel like I'm about to jump back and forth, but. Uh, jump ahead a little bit, but uh, but he's like, you know, the only way to end this is to to kill him, and then everybody, you know, sometimes are like, yeah, like the ends justify the means. But wait a second, we can't be that. But you know, it wasn't just the one time they did that. They did it probably like four or five times. It's, it's so no many joke, times. no exaggeration. They probably did it four or five times. It's it might actually be more than that. But it felt it definitely felt more than I guess that's a conservative estimate. (laughs) It's probably the true estimate, but it just felt like it was more than that because it felt like it was coming up every single time they fought. And it was kind of like, you know, Venom uh, uh, had a I mean, I guess he has a point, you know, although he's done some crazy bad stuff now he's all about the innocence and he's just like the only way to get rid of carnage is is to kill him, you know, to get rid of him. And it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, if all you ha- all Carnage has to do is just bleed and his, you know, symbiote comes back, which doesn't make any sense anyways, and it's in his blood, there's no way to separate the symbiote from him. I mean, it's over at that point. He's always going to be Carnage. Yeah, exactly. And he's never shown any remorse for what he's like. I can understand you don't want to, like, kill all your enemies when you're the Avengers, but this one is, like, he's just a pure psychopath. There's no... Redemption. I don't well, think. it's like you know something's got to give. Yeah. Yeah. So, what would happen if you do kill him, though? Like, that, think about because it, it's in his bloodstream. Does it just come back? If he's dead, like, is his blood just going to start crawling around? I don't know what you mean. Oh, no, but and like then if also, it just comes out of the blood, like. But it isn't the actual symbiote. Well, the symbiote also heals him too. So, and yeah, you're right. It's not the actual symbiote. It's just in his blood. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the science behind this fictitious, um, you know, disease. You know, I'm struggling to come up with the science, too, and to get the next issue to load. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's right. been my problem this whole time. Science? No, this, the app. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, it's not been good today. Lots of reloading. Uh, part nine is Spectacular Spider-Man 202. Carnage and crew battle Spider-Man's gray team for the entire issue. Throughout the battle, we learn that Shriek's power enables her to take the emotions of some people near uh, someone near her 
and channel it through sonic waves into other people. Being around Carnage amplifies that even more. Science. And, exactly. <laughs> and she had been the reason people are losing their minds, rioting, and murdering. Spider-Man also realized it's probably why they've all been feeling such anger. Also in the battle, Firestar and Spider-Man debate whether they should be working with these killers, and Spidey ultimately tells her to kill Carnage. Before she finishes it, he makes her stop. This causes Venom to turn on her and Spider-Man knocking him somewhere else. Shriek turns her sound powers solely on Venom and it defeats the symbiote. She and Carnage uh, take Eddie Brock away to torture him. Meanwhile, as Spider-Man lies in pain, struggling to think of a better way to handle Carnage, a helping hand reaches out for him, Captain America. All right. So again, we get the whole debate on killing him or not killing him. Every issue. What I will say about this one, though, that I that I think stands out a little about it is the way it was depicted with Spider-Man and Venom on each side of Firestar on that page. So when she's thinking about it, you have Spider-Man on the left, Venom on the right, and you see Spider-Man gradually changing his mind throughout it and then ultimately telling her to stop, and you see Venom egging her on the entire time. I thought it was a brilliant way to show the struggle and to show the confusion or whatever that was going on with Firestar and her ultimately stopping. I agree. Um, <laughs> and also what time was that where he was saying, you know, kill, kill him, then not change his mind. Yeah. What time was that? <laughs> uh, fourth or fifth time. Fourth or fifth time. Yeah, something yeah. somewhere around in there. Um, it start. I wouldn't even say it's a theme. It's just the same old thing with Spider-Man now. Um, when he's uh, teaming up with Venom or any other kind of foe, um, where he's just like, should I be working with these guys? And that's his whole kind of uh, internal monologue each time they're out fighting. Like, but they're bad and they kill. Yeah. But I, I need their help. And I feel like, you know, the past few episodes we've done, that's that's mostly what he's been talking about when he's out there fighting. Yeah, or struggling with. I wouldn't even call it a theme. It's just the same old. Sh didn't he do that when Punisher was involved too? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so. Back during, but then the he was like, "Let's lay down the ground rules." Mm -hmm. So is this just? Is this how it's going to be? Is it just going to be the same thing over and over again for <laughs> however long we read these? I hope. Uh, not. I guess so. I mean, you know. Ten years down the line, yeah. you know, <laughs> us recording. When Brian's Brian, children have taken Bri over the podcast. Brian with his grandkids on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but in the midst of the all of this, thing. yeah, uh, Firestar and Spider-Man are arguing about their morality or whatever. And Black Cat is the voice of reason. She calls him out. <laughs> And she says, you two want to play Mr. and Mrs. Morale. Well, that's or morality. That's fine. But remember that while you're moaning and wringing your hands, the rest of us are putting our lives on the line. People are dying. This is true. Yeah. I leave it, leave it to you to find praise for Felicia in, in the midst of all this redundancy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, like even Venom has a line like that later on. Like, we're literally surrounded by the blood of innocence and you keep arguing like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how long, I like that. Do you guys know how, like, I can't remember how long this is supposed to be taking place over. So just a few days. I couldn't tell. Cause they, uh, act, I'm not sure. they said like dozens of people have died and I'm like, has it only been a day or two? Because at this rate, hundreds should have been dead. Yeah. I feel like it's only been a few days and, and we'll get into something later that I, that I think is why I think that I, what do you think about shrieks? powers being what amplifies all of the hate uh i feel like 
that could have been explained a few issues ago. And I think Venom's whole argument in this issue is we could have had this done in seven issues instead of 14. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree this should have been seven issues. Uh, as or at a, least not 14, not exactly seven, but not 14 issues. I, I think, so what I was kind of talking about earlier before this was that they did 14, they had the unlimited line start for this, and then they used that as the first and the last one for it, and then they used every other Spider-Man line, so there were four Spider-Man lines, and they all got three issues, and to me, they probably all needed two issues, and then have your unlimited issue be your first and last, and you could have accomplished the exact same thing that this did. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand the motivation for drawing it out so long other than for money. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly I it. I think it's the same thing that I felt with Operation Galactic Storm. It needed to be shorter, too. But probably less so than this. This was very redundant. And I don't know if uh, their goal was also confusion <laughs> because, you know, uh, purchasing all of the maximum carnage over uh, a series of, like, four Spider-Man series... Um, back in the day must have been extremely difficult and confusing and also even just finding them on the Marvel Unlimited app. I mean, not that it was necessarily that difficult. It just wasn't uh, as helpful as moving on to the next issue because I had to go in and out of different series at different, you know, time periods. I can agree with that. I, I think it's interesting. It's a good point that you bring out about when this was released because back in that time, you guys don't remember this because you were three, but uh, comics a lot of times were actually sold at places like, I don't know, like a bookstore like Walden Books or um, Barnes & Noble or at Walmart or like different locations than just a comic shop. And they don't really, you know, they don't really bring in every type of Spider-Man issue. So I cannot imagine how difficult it would have been to actually track down all 14. I did have a comic book store growing up. The entire time. Only just one in uh, uh, Comic Book World yep. in Louisville. Oh. The, see, I grew up in Louisville, and there was that was just that one store, and that's how I got into comics. And uh, I would, uh, they'd have like dollar comics in those big white boxes under any, you know, well, if you go to any comic book store, they have those tables out in the middle of the stores, and they have just, you know, all those miscellaneous just issues, and I would just like, you know, devour those dollar piece 50 cents all those yeah uh we had comic book world here too i'm guessing it's owned by the same guy isn't it i suppose so i think he owns three but uh that was the one i used to grow up uh, my struggle was up. not that real is what i was trying to say <laughs> but i imagine there are others yeah. who do and with the app what made it even more annoying is that for some reason on the top where it says maximum carnage then the event number some of them are blurred out what no, what part it is did you yeah. notice part that? 10 doesn't have it at all yeah like what the, there that was wasn't like two the only one there was another one in the uh the first half of the, the yeah. issues that we read yeah i'm like why why is that blurred out on the app i don't well, it wasn't it wasn't that confusing for me because, like, in the I guess in the story note, it'll say maximum carnage part, you know, whatever it was. Yeah, it's a minor inconvenience for first world problems. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Um, but about Shriek's power, why doesn't she use it to make Carnage be nice to her? Because thanks for getting us back on track, Liz. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the relationship she... gets worse and worse as these go on. My God, I thought it was uh, it amplifies like the negative emotions. She said that she could, like, 
put emotions in other people, I thought. Like, I thought she was implanting the emotions. Yeah, but I thought it was only negative, like rage or like, um, like it was um, base emotions, maybe is what she said. There was some terminology that she used. I can't remember. Gotcha. But it, yeah, I don't know. I mean. That's awful convenient. Well, yeah, if, exactly. if she If she could make Carnage nice, that would be, that would be better for everybody. It would be a lot better for everyone, including her, but maybe she just likes being, you know chastise and beat if only mary jane had those powers to make peter care speaking of mary jane one of my my favorite uh pages in this uh, this issue specifically was the one of her reading the book yes so good yeah i don't know why but i thought that was that was a fantastic page yeah fantastically drawn fantastically written i think she's a lot better in the in this maximum carnage series actually one of the shining lights of this this series i yeah, I think I think I agree with there, that. There there are some moments that I'm like, that's messed up. Like, well, not messed up. It's just like here we go again. It's when uh, she's like calling Peter out. I'm not sure if it's in this issue. Like, uh, she's like enough, and I'm like, yeah, she's finally telling him. And then he's like, wait, the radio, you know, the police <laughs> sirens, yeah. and then you know he just goes off again. Yeah, what what I did like was the subtlety in showing how many cigarettes she had smoked waiting on him that oh night. Oh my goodness, so many. Yeah, I tried to count. It's You can't do it. There was a lot. It was more than a carton, you think? Oh, yeah. He, well, <laughs> maybe, actually, between the, the two nights or whatever. But yeah, just her struggle there where she's trying to read the book mm-hmm. and then can't can't focus on it because she's too mad at him and what's going on and wondering about his safety. So, yeah. And um, how they did the text bubbles in that was so good because the big ones are like her thinking about the book, but it's like when you try to read a book, but you're distracted. So you just stare at the page and don't actually take in any of the words. So like they have when like, I read a lot of this. Yeah, pretty much. And then in smaller like thought bubbles, it was like, I hate him or no, I don't actually hate him. And then she's got this great line. Uh, when I was a kid, I felt compelled to finish any awful book I started. Not anymore. I'm too old to be wasting my time on junk like this. I'm too old for this. And then she tosses the book across the room. Yeah. This is a woman who's about to get a divorce if things don't exactly. change. Exactly. Like, it's so, so, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. I can't. So, can't. yeah, just the whole, the concept of it, because clearly she's meaning more than just the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's it, it, well written. Props to that entire page. It actually might be one of my favorite pages in the entire event. And I'm thinking through all of them just because there's so much similarity in all the other good pages with everything else that happens as far as visually speaking. But It's pretty interesting there, uh, smaller moments like that in this Maximum Carnage series uh, are particularly uh, powerful, I suppose. Uh, rather than, you know, I'm sure if you talk to uh, most people will be like, oh, that one fight scene and all that stuff. But yeah, it's cool. There's these little moments. I almost feel like these moments are more powerful than, sadly, all of the deaths that they show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The deaths just, I don't know. They, they're they just there. There's they don't nothing. humanize any of the people they about. Exactly. Except kill. for the yeah. first one and the... Well, when Dagger got killed, I was like, oh, snap, they killed Dagger? Well, yeah, but she's you... an important player. I'm talking more about like the masses of dead people oh, in the yeah. streets. You don't even see their faces, really. Yeah. They're just like, there's dead people around here. I, I see dead people, but we don't see them. Uh, anything else before we move on? Uh, yes. Uh, the whole thing with uh, you know Spider-Man not having his stuff together, us retreading the whole same thing over and over again. I did think to myself, I was like, this is why he's a backup Avenger. 
It's not. Yeah. This is why he's not a permanent one. That makes uh. sense. And and it only uh uh, and the only reason why I thought of that again and it accentuates that thought is when Captain America was like, "Need a hand," and I was like, "Here's here's the real Avenger, <laughs> the only one." Yeah. Oh, and I love how uh in this next issue he goes, uh yeah, I'm the only one that came back to town for, from <laughs> no. our from our secret mission. <laughs> More on Captain America in a moment, but uh, I liked the page where Shriek is taking down Venom, and it's uh, like her blast is coming out, and he's getting closer and closer, and saying more things like, "You won't know that you failed because you'll be dead before that was you realize cool. what's oh, happening." Yeah. But that, that felt cool. like a callback to Infinity Gauntlet when Thanos is taking down the dude with the pink hair on hey, the planet, something like that. Uh, oh god, which one was he? he? Was the one the like fighter dude, the pink hair? You oh, all hated him. Wait, oh crap, the terrible champion. One? Yes. champion. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it was like almost an exact. It was a, it was a fun callback. Yeah, I, I like that you picked up on that. I did not pick up on that, and, and you I were put, on that episode. I with put, me. I, I put was cut from champ- that episode. <laughs> I've put champion out of my mind until just this very moment. So did I, dude. Like I don't, yeah. That's I liked him a lot more than you all did, though. <laughs> That's not surprising. <laughs> I mean, the slightest. I liked him, too, because he was so funny yeah. and silly. All right. Uh, part 10, Web of Spider-Man 103. Firestar and Spider-Man ha- had gone back to Avengers HQ with Cap. While they're there, they find Iron Fist and Deathlock hacking into their computer. They were trying to hack down or track down info on the Carnage crew, and Cap decides to ask them for help. Spider-Man takes a break to visit MJ, and in so doing, hears about a hostage situation with the police. He lives, leaves MJ to save the hostages. Elsewhere, Shriek and Carnage torture Eddie Brock over a small fire. Meanwhile, Black Cat, Morbius, and Cloak fight Demogoblin, Carrion, and Doppelganger, or Doffy. During the fight, uh, Black Cat gets hurt, and someone new to the madness helps her. His name's Nightwatch. They battle off the three Carnage crew members, and they flee. Morbius and Nightwatch pursue them, but Black Cat leaves for her home, and Cloak heads back to his church. The issue ends with Iron Fist, Deathlock, and Spider-Man joining Captain America and Firestar on top of Avengers HQ. Okay, Nightwatch looks like Spawn. Uh, exactly. Like, was this this was before Spawn, right? This was ninety three. Um, I'm not even sure when Spawn became a thing, but it looks exactly like Spawn. Yeah, I was in shock at how he much. pretty much he looks like he has a Spider Man twenty ninety nine face with a Spawn cape. Um, he looks like a beetle. But I don't know who Spawn is. So. You don't know who Spawn is? I ever hear you all talk about him all the time, but I don't. You don't know who Spawn is? Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, this is. How are you on this Marvel podcast? If you this don't is know who Spawn over, who's in the gates? <laughs> this is over a year uh, after Spawn debuted. Is when this came out. Oh, so this is after Spawn. Yeah, this is copycat Spawn. Oh God, way to go, Marvel! And so I like he- I like how he just strolls in too, just like the uh, Carrion did. Um, and God, there's so many people that just randomly show up. <laughs> but but here's here's something else that was driving me crazy. Uh, I guess it'd been a minute since I read the first seven issues, and Carrion is calling, uh, um, what's her face, uh, Shriek, Shriek, uh, mom, like mother, and all that stuff. 
and uh and he's just all like caring i i like they they didn't even really talk to him they just went back to their uh you know their the place where they would convene and then he's just there they're like luckily we ran into him (laughs) and he just followed us back here and then then he's just calling shriek mommy that's his first line he doesn't talk for like six issues and then out of nowhere mm-hmm. mother don't get upset well, well they're on like this whole family thing now and uh and he's like you know daddy's here and carnage like saying all that stuff and i don't know it was just uh it was really out of left field for me maybe maybe i'm crazy since it's no. been been probably since we last recorded uh i read the first seven issues so i don't know i yeah, there's just a lot crazy. of random stuff going on, like all a lot of convoluted time. stuff. Uh, all these fights, 14 issues. Come on. Speaking of convoluted things with Carrion, though, uh, so in the first page or so, he's shooting like death rays out of his hands. I guess like he he's doesn't flying. Too. He doesn't have to touch people to kill them. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that either because I don't know. It seems kind of ridiculous. Was the he flying of- the first time we saw him? Yeah, he can fly. Yeah, I think he's been able to fly the whole time. But I don't remember when he debuted, like, or debuted he whenever he came in. He came up out of the in. sewer, randomly. He wasn't touching and anything. The, the, the fights. I just thought he was walking around and stuff. I don't remember him flying. But no, then why does he have to sneak up on people if he can just shoot his little exactly. killer ray? That's why I think there's a problem with that. I don't, I, I don't know. I wish I had answers, Liz. I don't. Yep. I don't. I have no answers. Uh, this one... Was basically the same. Mm-hmm. Eddie gets tortured though, which was brutal. I did like that. I uh... <laughs> <laughs> you like torture scenes, do you, Dave? No, I don't like. <laughs> no, it's when uh, they brought him back and they're just kind of, uh, I guess, having their way with him. See, I was thinking it was like a callback to, um, like the X Men movie when they're which in, one? The first one, like at the. Uh, uh, Statue of Liberty, just the fight at the end of the movie. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm trying to see the the correlation. Oh no, they were just there. It just reminded me of that. Oh, okay, gotcha. And then I was thinking, this is where we're getting to see kind of like uh, uh, Carnage's kind of torturous, like psychotic kind of you know saw type deal stuff go on. He's just prolonging his uh, his death. Yeah. Yeah, because he hates his dad. Mm-hmm. But I guess he's not his dad anymore, right? Because the symbiote is not... No, 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 I got these scars. He's like stepdad now. Uh, but no, Carnage likes to change those chains out a lot. So I can just imagine, I guess he takes them down and rewraps them with new chains for each issue because that configuration changed a lot. Yeah. I hadn't noticed that, but maybe he does. Yeah. Um, Captain America, I don't like him. Because he's a Boy Scout. Stick up his ass all the time. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> that's what it takes to be an Avenger, what, I guess. So this is not a new feeling for Captain America, right? Have you had this prior to like? Do you have you felt that way about Captain America even before reading this? I think I've only read one other story that featured Captain America. <laughs> was it the one where uh, Sandman was the backup Avenger? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that would have been it. <laughs> yeah, and I said he had a stick up of his ass 
there too. You said, so. uh, you said, and he looked constipated. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. But yeah, Spider Man like made some kind of metaphor or something. And he's like, oh, some of us don't feel like death is a game or something like that. Like, he's just. Not joking around, bub. Yeah. Buckaroo, since he's from the 40s. Yeah. I'm trying to remember that. I, I, Cap. So in the Avengers stuff, I'm like a big fan of how Cap is represented. And this one, I don't even remember anything with him other than like he was there. Yeah. You know, you know what's driven me crazy. Like for all before any of the movies and stuff came out, was that Cap has always had the same suit design. Like no matter what, even in Civil War, he still had the scaly, corny, like you know, red, white, and blue. But he just kind of never uh, updated with the times until they. Uh, made the movies and made the suit more practical. You know what I mean? It, just so, as a kid, it always drove me crazy. I'm like, why are, is it every other character getting like a cool redesign, like real, like realistic looking art and stuff like that. And we just have cap still in this rubber scaly suit. With little so ear wings. what I'm hearing you say is you're thankful for the movies and that they had adopted something from the movie. Uh, well, yeah, well now the, the comics definitely not right here. I'm just, uh, letting up 20 years or so of <laughs> pent up, uh, confusion and anger out on this podcast about his, his suit. I, as much as I'm a fan, uh, you know, get a new suit, dude. It is interesting that his was changed very little. You know what I mean, though? Yeah. Like, you remember in Civil War where Iron Man has that stellar new armor, then there's the Iron Spider, and all these crazy, out, like, you know, new suits, and then there's just Cap. Tangent. Sorry, guys. All right, let's get back to it. <laughs> Tangent's okay. It, but you know, who is a huge Captain America fanboy? Spider-Man. Well, of course. Yeah. I think he's, he's just an Avengers fanboy big time. He probably is, but, I mean, if you think about it, the the ideals that cap represents are very similar to what Ben Parker would represent. Right. I suppose. And Uncle he's cap. probably the same age as Ben Parker or close. What? Well, I guess Yeah. without the like their birthdays are probably similar. Yeah. yeah. Probably back in the nineties. So he espouses the same type of morals that, that Ben would. So I think yes. that might be part of it. I like to imagine Ben has a, at least some sort of, personality like sense of humor wise so <laughs> so he's a little different than cap i'm sure he had to have been i mean if peter's been raised by them his whole life uh i'm sure uncle ben had a sense of humor i mean not saying that captain america doesn't but uh you know we never see him in regular clothes like he he showers in the suit he sleeps in the suit dude like he literally um <laughs> And the Avengers 362 or whatever I think it is, there's a there's a battle that happens in the Avengers Mansion at night, and like almost everyone else is in like a nightgown or like sleeping attire, and Cap storms in. He's got his daggone blue suit pants on and the shield. Like <laughs> he literally sleeps in the freaking the suit, man. I bet like after you know a long day of working out, you know big workout session. Like he goes to the sauna or or something, like and uh, to cool off, and he he's got his towel on, but he still has like the the helmet, like the hat <laughs> with the wings and stuff. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna picture every time I read Cap. Now, all right. Anything else on that one? 
Who is Nightwatch, by the way? A Spawn ripoff. No idea. Is no Spawn idea. DC? No, no, he's Image. Oh, so it's a... Image Comics. Oh, okay, but not Marvel. No. Not Marvel. Okay. Not Marvel, not DC, but he... Uh, Looks, he looks pretty much just like him. Like, very, very similar. Huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Part 11, The Amazing Spider-Man 380. Shriek is in the streets, amping up the rioting, and Spider-Man and the new crew arrive. They finally get a small victory and defeat her. Elsewhere, Nightwatch and Morbius track down Demogoblin, Doppy, and Carrion to Carnage's hideout. They fight, and as the sun starts to rise, Nightwatch flees with Morbius, knowing Morbius is weakening. Elsewhere... MJ joins the Parkers, Molten Man, Flash Thompson uh, at Liz's apartment. Um, as the writing spreads, Cap and the crew go through the streets, replacing the rage and people with responsibility by instilling hope. They then use Shriek as bait, drawing out Doppy, Demo, and Carrion. The crowd joins in to help Spidey and the gang, but Shriek dials up her ability to bring out the baser instincts, rage and hatred in the crowd. This causes the crowd to turn on Spidey and the gang, ending the issue. Okay, so we get a villain defeated and then a villain freed at the end. Common theme. I like how you've adopted calling him Doppy. I mean, that's that's what they call him, right? Oh, Doppy. Come here, Doppy. He's, a, he's their son. <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> um, so Cap drives a flying saucer? That was hilarious. I'm yeah. just like, I'm like, what's with all this spacecraft stuff that just, you know... Uh, they're just flying around in, you know, they, they don't use it m- most of the other time, but they only use it when they're just like, all right, guys, let's go. Yeah. I don't, I don't have anything else to add to that. It's ridiculous looking and it makes cap look even more ridiculous. And it's like when they leave or have to go somewhere else, like, you know, they're there now. We, we better go find them. They like run there. They don't get back in their ship and fly <laughs> yeah. across the city, which would make things so much easier. Because, I mean, most of, I guess, the uh, Marvel comic stories take place on an island, Manhattan, which, you know, wouldn't be very big if you're flying around. You know what I mean? You could get there in no time. I haven't gotten my cardio in today. Let's just run there. Get those steps. Get those mana points. (laughs) What else, Liz? Um, So, for a story called Maximum Carnage, there's very little carnage in this issue. It's just all about Shriek, pretty much. Valid. Yeah. I mean, I guess we were bound to get one issue that featured Carnage very little when we have 14 of them. I I think that's fine, though, because it... I'm not sure if it's, you know, necessary, but um, it's at least focusing on other characters instead of having them be throwaways like Nightwatch and all that other silly stuff. Yeah, the Nightwatch and Morbius stuff is such a waste. I like how they're just super cool with him just showing up dressed as he is. Like, (laughs) you know, not scared or anything like that. They're just like, oh, it's just Nightwatch, like, out here during the day. Like, welcome. Welcome. Mm -hmm. Welcome to our gang, our gray crew. Because at one point they called it the gray team, right? Sure. Yeah, they did. They're like, stop trying to make gray team happen. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Because it never happened again. No, it didn't. I think they mentioned it once, and it was all about the whole gray morality of the team. But it didn't stick. Yeah, I think I completely missed this. But okay. That's okay. Yeah. You're allowed to miss something like that. But you know why I missed it? Because I got so excited when I realized that Dave had made an appearance in this comic book. I wish the app was working so I could <laughs> reference what you're talking about. There's a part where there's this guy 
who has very similar hair and uh, facial hair to Dave, and he's like carrying a brick around. He's going to throw it through a window or something, and then Captain America appears, and he's like, I'm sorry, and just drops the brick. Okay, so it's one of the ones when they were calming the crowd down. Yeah, which... I remember that part. Yeah. Did you not... Were you not shocked when you looked down, and you're like, oh my god, I'm in here? No, I don't. I didn't even think that at all. I didn't look at it and be like, damn, he's pretty pretty handsome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I didn't have that thought either, so... Which issue is this? Uh, it's the Amazing Spider-Man 380, I think. But speaking of the scene, okay, so Shriek can, like, mind control these people, essentially. Kind Not of. quite, kind of, like, emotionally control them. Yes. So the only thing they need to fix it is Captain America just needs to, like, walk up behind somebody, or Firestar just needs to, like, glow for a little bit. Like, Firestar stops a rape by just glowing. Like, by didn't spider-man stop this forever ago but just by showing up and being like guys stop it well, I'm well, he's out. done he's made a lot of a lot of uh questionable choices uh well, this time around i don't don't necessarily i'm not surprised I'd if say. you think about it the time that he was around the riot before he caved into the anger instead of trying to be the light you remember what I'm talking about? When they jumped on top of him and then he was yeah, like, right. I embrace this whole Venom mentality. I guess. But like, so like he wasn't, he didn't come at it from the like. I think he actually the said the ends justify the means. But like all Captain America had to do was literally like step up behind this dude. I mean, it's Captain America. He instills hope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Superman for he Marvel. Goes, he goes, hey, pal. Hey, like, put that brick down. Okay. What are you doing, buddy? This isn't the way. Look at my scaly suit. (laughs) Any other thoughts on that one? Uh, Even though the mob have supposedly been filled with hope and have turned on Shriek, they're still super aggressive. They're like calling her all kinds of weird names and are going to attack her as well. They said, you made me feel feelings (laughs) that I didn't like feeling. Oh my gosh. She caused feelings in them that they themselves didn't understand. You caused me feelings that I was uncomfortable with. You witch. Yeah, witch is used a lot still. And, oh, God. I don't if know only why. they had said wench. She she did go supernova, though, and had him, uh, had him raging again. I know. So it was all kind of... It was all for nothing. She's like, really, guys? You know, I guess it wasn't totally for nothing. She's like, I'll take your hope away for sure. Because this is what leads to Spider-Man's idea later, isn't it? Because this is the same one with Iron Fist, where he calms him down, too, right? Uh yeah. We yeah. Didn't, we didn't talk we about Iron, We didn't talk about Iron Fist that much, but uh It's very forgettable, so we can just move on. I I just well damn. I uh <laughs> I just had a big grin on my face whenever he showed up in the the comic. I was like, "Oh, I didn't know he was in this." You you're a big fan of Iron Fist? I just like Iron Fist. I like seeing him around. It's cool. Don't get to see him very, very often. Yeah, now that his show is canceled. I never watched his show. His show it's was t- rough. His show was very rough. It was very very rough. You should watch it. <laughs> I, I heard the second season wasn't as bad, but I still never. The second put, season put was the more in. tolerable. I will give it that. Actually, you know what? I did watch like the first three episodes, and then uh, they. Yeah, I think they. I stopped because they spent so much time on like. It's is it Danny? Is it not really Danny? And then it was like the fourth episode, and then he like gave her the M and M's or whatever it was, and took out all the specific colors, and she's like, "It is Danny." And then halfway through that, I just turned it off, and I don't remember anything else about that show. Mm, I don't really remember a whole lot other than I thought the 
Uh, Ward was probably the best actor on the show throughout the two seasons, but that's all I remember. Anyways, anyways. It's a terrible show. Anything else about Iron Fist on this? Because he does calm the crowd down. I think this is the right time for that. I don't know. It's hard he calms to... some, like two people down, and well, then yeah, somebody and hits then, them. Then he gets jumped. But this is uh, when you know Spider-Man starts to realize things. Isn't this the same one with the mom, too? Yeah. Where she dangles the kids over yeah. the edge. That was rough, man. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. Like so, uh, yeah. She's dangling the two kids because of all. She's the- so enraged. She has both of her babies like at the top of this, like you know, building in New York City, dangling them by their legs, about to drop them, and uh, and she's uh, super pissed about her stretch marks. <laughs> That's what and, it was. And s- stuff like I'm in money. <laughs> Well, I'm not even like making just like a, a mom joke. Like that's actually what she says. Yeah, she says, "Lousy regrets. Take every minute I have, every penny I make, and give me nothing in return but dirty diapers and stretch marks. I'm sick of it." Oh, she has them dangling by their arms, not their legs. Now, see, as a parent, I've been pretty upset at my children in the past, but never and you to can the relate point. to this. No, not to that extent. Brian, I, oh I my have goodness, stretch marks, guys. Okay, for my my kids. Mm-hmm. No, I. No, I cannot relate to dangling kids off of off of a building. Like but that's, wanting to, can you? No, not even wanting to. Now I can relate in grounding my kids, and it causes me punishment by doing so. <laughs> Hashtag into the Spider Verse. But I've talked to some moms who have had bad cases of like postpartum depression before. Like wanting to dangle the children off the. Like they didn't do anything to them, but there it fills your head with all kinds of bad thoughts. I get. I mean, I, I'm not the one who carries the child to term, so I don't know. Like, yeah. So neither you two can talk. <laughs> yes, I cannot relate to this woman. I was not going but, to comment or say it was all in our head or anything. But what anyways. is what is nice is that Spider Man calms her down by his presence, and then she remembers that her kid loves Spider Man, and so she doesn't kill her kids. It's very, very but what I guess what they were trying to do is they were trying to, you know, uh, I guess be more realistic with people's problems and stuff just rather than make them crazy just amplify their insecurities and you know their what bothers them or what what makes them angry i like that they show a diversity of reasons why the people are angry so even though i cannot relate to this woman i am at least you you've heard it before and you know that it's grounded in reality there's a truth to it that needs to be illuminated i mean not that they were trying to go that deep with the the comic. They they did have little you know insane moments like this, uh, where you're just like, yeah, that that that's stuff people deal with and go through. It is. And then in part twelve, Spider Man thirty seven. The Parkers watch a news recap from Liz's apartment, and Richard gets all negative about people and them sitting there. MJ flips out on him, saying she's done with his negativity. Elsewhere, Carnage continues torturing Venom, and as he's about to use the sonic gun on him, the Venom symbiote jams the barrel. The symbiote reforms over Eddie Brock, and he breaks free and flees. Meanwhile, Spidey and crew continue to work through the rioting crowd while trying to get to Shriek to end it. Carnage shows up and beats on Shriek for killing people without him. Doppy attacks him over it only to get beat down. We get a quick scene of Cloak begging for a hand to guide him back into the light. And then we get back to the town as Spider-Man tells the Carnage crew they got all the people to safety while Carnage and Shriek fought. As Carnage and crew gears up to attack Cloak, teleports onto the scene with Dagger. That's how the issue ends. So Dagger's alive. 
which we all kind, kind of figured, figured that in, yeah. in, like, uh, in the issue seven. Yeah. Um, so the, the symbiote jamming the barrel, how did Carnage not notice that was happening? He was just so consumed by bloodlust. Okay. That's good enough for science. I don't know. They were holding him over a fire and like the symbiote was just getting burned. I, I don't know how it would not, um, get itself under control where a piece of it would, uh, get into the gun and like act, uh, independently. If that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. It does. It was just odd. It, it, I mean, it works for the context of the story and what they've been building, I guess. That, that's how he would escape, but, I mean, that's how he escaped. Carnage is a much bigger baby in the storyline than he was in Didn't Wasn't he shouting, Genesis. I was winning! Yeah, like he I literally turns into a child. It's, I don't, it's weird writing shift. But he's, I'd say, uh, he's not emotionally stable anyway, so I'm not surprised that he would uh, be so, you know, zero to a hundred in, in different ways. Of uh, acting childish or angry or sad or anything like that. Yeah, he just seemed to have it a little better in check the first time we read through these. Um, he uh, was <laughs> he was more consistently written, yes, rather than emotionally uh, together. Venom shouts "year" again when he gets hurt, so I don't know what part of the country that comes from, but apparently. People just like screaming year is now a, a thing you do when you're in pain. It happened last time and it's happened oh. in the set of issues. Yeah. I didn't notice that. So if you scream year when you're in pain, <laughs> let me know where that came from. I'm going to try it next time. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost just flicked him to see if he would do yeah, it. Yeah, we can try it right now. I'd so, go. I <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did like some of the artistic choices in this one. They these are some of the images I think that that I will also remember almost as much as the MJ scene earlier. I like the the news report at the beginning when they're watching the TV. I love the way that that, that is drawn um, with the with the coloring choices there. I also really liked the part when Cloak is begging for the light and on the top it's like a two page spread on the top from left to right is like Spider Man. Um, dealing with his father's mentality and on the bottom of the pages are cloak begging for the light. So I like the way that that was depicted. Uh, and again, so this is one of the ones where the, the art choices will resonate with me more than the story itself. There's a lot of moments like that in, uh, in the maximum carnage series rather than, uh, the writing, the art would stick with me. That first issue or the first issue, First issue we covered on this one, issue eight of Maximum Carnage, I thought uh, really did have some striking art. But you know, throughout the the rest, there were some pages that uh, um, might be my new phone background. You said that every episode. <laughs> I said it one other episode, Liz. Uh huh. Sure. And then it never is his new phone background. Exactly. That's yeah. because uh, they came out with a super awesome Lion King poster. Um. That's now my background. That is soon. That's what is that? July. July. I think it's July. God, dude, Disney's gonna crush this year. Speaking of uh, cloak receiving the light, this whole issue, 
I felt like he was just in the opening of a Bible Man movie. <laughs> I've like, never watched a man. Oh any Bible Man. <laughs> it always opens, and it's like, a man has reached his <laughs> rock bottom, but then in the pouring rain, he prays to God, and then a light shines down on him, and he's like filled with power. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it's dagger. And it's dagger. Every time. I actually liked how she came back. Yeah, so we'll get a little bit more into how she came back in the next one. But uh, I, I like kind of how they did that, and I have some thoughts on that, too. Thanks for getting us back on track, Liz. You're welcome. But I'm about to get us back off track. Okay. Brian, did you ever uh, wish that Bible Man was a part of the Avengers? No. Back in your no. day? See, that's the thing. While I, um, while I am a churchgoer, my parents were not strict about what I watched. So even though I know what Bible Man is— through the private school I went to, I never watched Bible Man. Yeah, I never watched I, Bible Man. I was either. busy watching X Men and Spider Man and Batman because that's the era I grew up in. My, uh, I watched all that too. My aunt, she, uh, that was she, like off the air when you would have been watching, wasn't it? Um, syndication, homie. <laughs> um, but I was still deep in the 90s. So, like, I, I'd watched Spider Man 2099 and I think Fantastic Four when those came on, your original run. Iron Man as well. But anyways, uh, my aunt is a big Bible thumper, and she uh, she was like, oh, you like superheroes? And she tried to relate, and like at her Christian bookstore, they had all these Bible man tapes and like books oh, and stuff, and she just bought them all for me. And uh, and they had like all these like uh, these one-liners on the box and stuff like that, and uh, I'm not gonna trash Bible Man. I never watched it or anything like that. But she she got them for me, and she's like, "Here, you know, watch these." And I just I never did. I was like, "Oh, thanks. I'm gonna stick to my cartoons." And I don't I don't blame you. Fun fact: I tried to, actually. I tried to watch it, and it was uh like uh like Liz described. So you turned it off. It was terrible. <laughs> like it was, Liz described. Yeah. It was like the first five or ten minutes. It, it was almost like uh um a low budget. You know the Roger Corman Fantastic Four oh, yeah. movie? It was even worse than that. Probably. I mean, well, that... Production values, I guess. You don't watch a lot of Christian movies, do you? <laughs> I don't. I No, I don't. <clears throat> yeah. They're, they're mostly all like that. Uh, fun fact, I was supposed to see Bible Man at King's Island one year. We went and walked around the park, but he never showed up, so... That's disappointing. Um, I think the guy who played him... Before the show had a lot of issues with alcoholism, and then the show ended because he then returned to issues with alcoholism, which may have been going on and why he didn't show up that night. He had a lightsaber, though, didn't he? Yes. Bible Man. So, fun fact, since we're on this, Mm -hmm. Marvel actually published a Birth of Christ comic book. Wait, what? Yeah. Way back, I think it was 93, and I found out while researching what we were going to cover, clearly I didn't pick it. But can we do that for a? I actually thought about doing it for Christmas, like oh yeah, uh, doing it as a comparison of what is you know the biblical um, depiction of it versus what this comic did. I actually found it on eBay and had to buy it because I'm like this this must be owned, and apparently they did an Easter one too. But there's a Bible Man animated series. Yeah, so Bible Man is not Spider Man, and we're here to talk about Spider Man. So, uh, I had a transition, but I lost it. So let's see what which section are we in? Are we in part twelve? <laughs> you should leave this all on the show. 
<laughs> we were on part 12, yes, but I think we were wrapping up part 12. Oh, wait. Okay, so... Nope. <laughs> he got to go on a whole Bible man tangent, and he doesn't even know hey, who Bible man I is. I didn't even go on a tangent. I just brought it back up, and then Brian was just like, I'm a huge fan of Bible man, and told me about <laughs> that's how... That's what I said. <laughs> Damn, Brian. <laughs> You jerk. Liz, get us back on track like you always do. So, Please, save like, us. Like Dave was talking about earlier, the part where Kerrigan finally speaks and he's like, Mother, please don't be upset. Shriek comes back to that and says, but I want to be upset, Kerrigan. And I felt good for Shriek because she's finally standing up to herself and it's like all those times. Didn't she say, you you're not smile, even my son. Say, no. <laughs> yeah, she kind of, she almost kind of loses it there for a minute, doesn't she? She's like, I'm done playing this family game. Like, you're not even actually my son. Yeah. And, that had to really and then hurt. he's like, but he's like, mommy. And yeah, he got real weird. Like, yeah, he did. He he's got, got a weird, super relation- weird relationship with his mom. Um, is is Dobby dead? Like, officially dead? I don't know. Probably not because he didn't die during Infinity War either. Well, okay. They never <laughs> this pick is up- all it takes to kill him. Then <laughs> <laughs> they drop the whole hint about the two wraiths thing in like issue one of this, and then they never brought it back. They're just and I'm setting, so mad. <laughs> they're just sowing the seeds for later stuff, you know. That's bull. All right. Anything else before we move on to a very heavy Christian themed issue? Lightsabers from Corinthians chapter one. That's uh, two Corinthians. Continue, please. Oh, okay. Well, you were looking, so I thought maybe you. Well, had I was going to read a really like misogynist quote from Carnage, but we've read no, all let's, of them. Let's hear we, it. You want to hear it? I want to hear it. Okay, Shriek has her moment, issue and a half in the sun, where she's just beating people down, and then he shows up out of nowhere and like picks her up and slams her down and says, "How dare you go out killing people without my permission? No wife of mine is going to have her own career. I ought to kill you here and now." That's right. And I then she him like saying that. That's right. I remember <laughs> him saying that. There, I thought you were saying something different. That's right. Mhm. Oh, no. I'm, saying, I'm saying that's right. He did say that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Didn't he grab her and like he was holding her over his head and was going to toss her off the building, right? Yeah, and he's like, "I think you should learn the hard way." And then they like stop that the, the hero show up, and she's like, "Oh, I guess I'll team up with you, even though you just tried to kill me." Uh, <sighs> no, I didn't mean it as that, that's sure. right. That's right. It's Ain't a- no woman gonna have a career on her own. Ladies, Dave is single. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, part thirteen, spectacular Spider-Man two hundred three. Dagger reveals that Shriek's powers caused a feedback on her and she literally became light. As her consciousness struggled to remain sane, she quickly went into Cloak's Cape of Darkness. Their love helped piece her fragmented mind back together. She offers Shriek a chance at redemption and forgiveness, but Shriek fights back. Afterwards, Spider-Man is the only hero still there. He battles the Carnage crew as best as he can, installing as long as he can. When all seems lost, the rest of the Spidey crew comes back with a, quote, Good bomb gun. I'm not kidding you. That's what they call it. Spidey had the idea to create this weapon after seeing the crowd simmer down from their encouragement and how Iron Fist was also able to soothe the crowd. The weapon amplifies the brain's calming alpha waves, countering Shriek's power with, quote, light, so to speak. Using it on each of the villains has a tremendous reaction. Shriek senses redemption and longs for it. Carrion reverts back to human form. 
Demogoblin battles the possibility he isn't doing the Lord's work, and in an effort to resist the light, Carnage fights it to death. With him thought dead, everyone goes their separate ways. Later, Spider-Man reflects on everything at the park, and Venom bursts out of nowhere. He's angry that they forgot all about him being tortured, and that they (laughs) killed Carnage when it was he who deserved the kill. At that moment, Carnage rises out from the water, ready to battle the two of them. All right. So we've talked a lot about different themes. Uh, Clearly, I feel like the Christian theme of forgiveness and redemption is very prominent in this issue with Dagger. This whole issue is such a cheese fest. Oh, my God. (laughs) So cheesy. With uh, Carrion going back to human and Demogoblin and all that, right? Uh, Just more of the whole light with Shriek the whole time. I was just kind of rolling my eyes like, okay. Love cures all, sheer. <laughs> yeah, well, clearly it doesn't, because she doesn't give in to it. Well, at the end, kind of, yeah. What, what yeah, when it? she reaches out to Carnage and like, take my hand, we can find redemption. Mm. What was that thing, the good bomb? Yeah, the good bomb. It's almost like uh, Batman's like shark repellent spray. Oh my god, dude, yes. it's just as bad, yes. <laughs> Alright, so here's uh, sidebar. That's what Liz was referring to. Oh, wow. That, yeah, that, that's that's totally you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cap. That should be your new, like, avatar on social media. Just me very surprised looking right there with yep. Captain America standing <laughs> behind me. So, Dave, Liz thought this was a really cheesy issue. Did you feel the same? Um, just this one? Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. Fair point. That's all I have to say about it. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Um, did you think it was a, a little bit heavy-handed with the... Uh, not as heavy-handed, but very, uh, like, Spider-Man with this hopeful, his alpha brain waves and all that stuff with the good bomb. Science, man. It's science. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, they have to find a way to make everything science, even if it doesn't make sense, like gamma radiation turning someone into the Hulk. Like and green and all that stuff. See, yeah. you know what? I always skipped my Marvel science class. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not uh, it's not based in facts. So I, I I found the good bomb to be I don't know. Like this whole concept of this story arc is Carnage going on a rampage and murdering a bunch of people, and then Spider Man dealing with whether or not the ends justify the means. That's more or less the the story arc. Yep. That's his whole arc period though when yeah. he has to So it's it's a very serious when he has to pony up and and take on the bad guys. He's just like uh you know, should I shouldn't I? Yes, I should. And then, you know, a few issues later, no, it's not the right way. Yeah. But it's every <clears throat> single issue. Fair point. So that's Spider-Man, but it's a very serious topic that is handled to Liz's point very cheesily inside of this. And I did not anticipate seeing so many uh, Christian or Christ-like elements in a maximum carnage event. Uh, Case in point, Dagger, who is the light, gets killed, goes into the darkness or death, and then I'm assuming it's probably been three days based on the way that everything is gone. And then she's back. Because it cannot possibly have been more than a few days, right? How did she say that she came back? She like pulled herself together again. The love between her and Cloak pieced themselves, pieced her back together. Mm-hmm. 
So it helped keep her sane because her, she was fragmented because she became light and then was pieced back together through love. Yeah, she can't. She she even mentioned that she came back as like pure energy, pure yeah. light or something. And then like she that. goes on to try and promote redemption and forgiveness. So I was not expecting that. Apart from Maximum Carnage, I, I do like uh, Cloak and Dagger. Um, because of their concept, I'm a little more curious to go and read more of them. That's what I like. I guess that's what I should say about it. I do like the premise of those two characters. Albeit in this this particular story itself does not make me interested in them, but their concept makes me interested mm-hmm. in them. Still haven't seen the show either. I I tried it. My my sister likes Good. it a lot. Yeah. No. Thumbs no. down. No. This is a teenage drama. My sister it? gives it yeah. a thumbs up. Yeah, they they make the characters like way younger. Yeah. That's the, which, that's which is the fine. entire thing with all these new like comic book shows. I think it's fine that they did that. Even though I haven't watched it, my sister gives it a thumbs up. She likes it a lot. Maybe I should have stuck through more than an episode and a half then, but I was not overly pleased. But, I mean, maybe if it would have tied into something else, I would have watched the whole thing like I did some of the Netflix shows that I shouldn't have. Hmm. But, anyway. Any other thoughts on that one before we move on to the finale? So, Carrion just turns into a human again? Yeah. From the good bomb. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, he's just a person. And he's forgotten everything. How long do you think he's been Carrion? Like, can you imagine just getting sick? Like, oh, I have the flu. And then... Like you wake up five years later and you've killed <laughs> hundreds of people. Like the super flu that he's had. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that the mental torment he's going to go through is going to be huge. Yeah. Hopefully his mother's still out there to comfort him. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. He actually thinks that Shriek is his mom. He might. He's like, where's my mommy? The one with the black hair. <laughs> oh goodness. All right. Part 14, Spider-Man Unlimited 2, Carnage and Venom battle in the park. Carnage flees because he is physically weakened and is mentally in anguish from his past uh, from his past due to the good bomb. Venom pursues him, but Spider-Man heads home to MJ and then the hospital. Venom fights with Carnage in multiple places, including Riker's prison. After getting bandaged up at the hospital, Peter returns home with MJ. He has a one-to-one with his dad, explaining that there is always hope and that no, not everyone is filled with evil. Later, he preps to head back out to fight Carnage, and this time MJ gives him a kiss and admits to understanding that he has to do this. Carnage visits St. Estes' home for boys and is haunted by visions of his past. Venom follows and battles him there. Spider-Man shows up, and in his attempt to keep Venom from killing Carnage, they end up letting him escape again, even in the finale. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Felicia calls MJ to check on Peter. Learning he is still out fighting, she heads out as the Black Cat. Spidey and Venom track Carnage down to a cemetery. Spider-Man tries to convince Venom not to kill Carnage, saying they're better than that and that Carnage is a product of his upbringing. Carnage digs up the casket that belongs to his mom. They all fight. Black Cat shows up to help. Eventually, Venom knocks Carnage into a generator that essentially fries the symbiote off of Carnage, and Venom disappears. The Avengers arrive and place Cassidy in a stasis tube and haul him off. Nice of the Avengers to show up at the end of all this. Thanks, guys. Yup. This is this is below their pay grade. Hundreds of people being murdered in the streets. We didn't see that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> they, they, they just they just told us. That, you know, all this was happening, the streets were, you know, in the blood of innocence and stuff, but we didn't graphically see that. We saw a few dead people, but, you know, this wasn't world-ending. 
Just that, city that, ending. That, that's the city that, that they dwell in. That's yeah. That's the that's the problem. I uh, have. they were out of town. <laughs> They're always they, out of they town. just finished up their mission out of town and they came there's, back. There's only a thousand Avengers, but they're all out of town except for Cap. Yep. Only the super dope ones are out of town. Okay, <laughs> Star Spangled himself is still there. Well, hang on. Okay. He he was he was out of town. He came back. He came back and was like, "All right, this, you know, we only need a, a sliver, a fraction so, of the Avengers to help out here." So let's 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 talk about this for a second. This is the finale, and it's not quite a double page or a you know double issue size, but it is one and a half times the normal size of a comic. And they're still being redundant throughout the comic. And it was anticlimactic how it ended. Yeah. Like, there's no reason that we needed to rehash or have this, you know, this size of an issue. And, and when they, when the on. Avengers did come in, they're just like, yeah, we got this, you know, stasis chamber, you know, thing conveniently. And, and then the problem uh, solved. And he's like, let's just, we can just take them off your hands real quick. Just imagine if Thor, had, you know, rolled up with his, with his hammer and just you know, just fried carnage over one issue. Not even that 10 pages. I mean, why didn't like, I don't know. They could have used Firestar way earlier than this because she showed up in what part eight and they knew fire was his weakness then. And like it took five, six more parts for it to be done. And even then it was the good bomb. See, I I like this last issue because it took me back to Savage Genesis, which it's just Venom and Carnage with some good one-liners. They're not being complete d- to everyone around them. <laughs> so I mean, you, they are, but like... So you didn't think it was too long of an issue, not the of arc? an issue? Yeah. Um, For what they did. By the, by the time I read through all these, yes, I was very burnt out. But I was just like, oh, this is exactly what I thought this entire arc was going to be. Some more... Uh, yeah. Of the Genesis stuff, so... To be honest, if it were more like this, I think I would have liked it better. If it was just Spider-Man, Venom, Carnage, Black Cat, there you go. That's no, all see, we needed. We just, not- we just needed to trim the fat of the story. <laughs> yeah, of the, the 20 the, other characters. The Nightwatch, the Molten Man, the Morbius, the Carrion, the Demogoblin. Oh, I could list all I of like them, how the Molten Man was just hanging out with like Aunt May and everybody just, you know, yeah, he cool. Was, he was protecting them. And, and they Liz still mentioned. don't know that... You know, Peter's Spider-Man. How could they? Anyways. Speaking uh, of Aunt May, though, there's a great little scene uh, when Mary Jane starts yelling at the dad or whatever for being negative. Aunt May is just off to the side sipping her tea. I just want to say Aunt May (laughs) started the whole sipping tea meme. She should be I the agree. new face of that. She she was doing that when MJ was laying into to Papa Parker. Yeah. It was just the big old smirk on her face. I but I will say, add to what you guys were saying, I did not have that big a problem with this last issue. Um For me it was I, just the size or I, the length of it. Well, you know, I didn't think it was a drag like, how long it was. I I feel like I had a harder time with earlier issues because I'm like, man, all this stuff we don't need this, like for the end of the so story. Let me rephrase. Of all of my complaints, this is the least least important one. Like, like I, I care less that this was oversized. I'm just annoyed that it was oversized when the entire arc was oversized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. Art was great in this one. Though. Yeah. I thought it was way better than, uh, the stuff in between 
uh, issue eight and and fourteen. So how convenient is it that there is a dead body that was Cletus Cassidy yeah. shaped, and there was enough time to throw a whole bunch of goo on it to make it look like carnage. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. So the face would have had the symbiote on it to cover it, right? Yeah, I actually went back because I'm like, that's not true. And then I remember the first time reading through, I'm like, why does his face still cover it? Usually when it explodes, like you see just a little bit of strands on his face, but it's completely covered this time. And that's not a clue that he's still alive. I don't or. I mean, I think is it is supposed a, to be a clue. No, 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 a clue to the event. Uh, oh, Spider-Man's yeah, no, not crew. to them. Like, oh, yeah, there's still part of the symbiote on his head. Maybe we should be concerned. Yep. Take mm. a take a clue from Scooby Doo oh, and always unmask <laughs> the villain, and then check again because sometimes there's a second mask under the first mask. That's I also learned that from Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say that as as we're talking about all of this that I think the arc with Mary Jane and Peter might be my favorite part of it. Cause they finally like have a little bit of closure at the end. Like I know we get the closure with, there's a bit of understanding between them. Yeah. Like she kind of like kind of finally understands what's going on and like she gets it now, but he understands too. That's what has been driving me crazy about all these issues that we've read is that he's just so oblivious to what's going on with his wife that, you know, this particular series you know, one of the the better parts of it was actually them both understanding. Yes, thank you. I'm glad you supporting see it too. each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, I oh, I read it. I saw it. <laughs> yeah, MJ was looking awful fine in those last uh, few pages in her That's, yellow. She always looks awful fine. <laughs> yeah, um, but I did. My heart did warm a little bit when she did her face at Tiger. You hit the jackpot, saying. Aww. It's such a good one. It is from forever ago, and they keep dr- driving it into the ground. But it's yeah, cool when it when it happens, though. All right. um, and also, he he really did hit the jackpot, though. No, no other person would put up with all that. Shit. Very true. Uh, so Carnage is just defeated, and then everybody storms to the streets to party. Yeah, is how is there not like. There's a block everywhere, party. and like you have to have at least known one person who died in this giant massacre. The like, city just... is glass <laughs> half full. <Okay>. Liz. <laughs> Let me just dance with this corpse that hasn't been cleaned up yet. Like, I mean, damage control was probably there cleaning up everything. Yeah, but that's. I mean, you can't get blood out of cement very well. No, no, you can't. Yeah, well, too much logic, Liz. Not <laughs> Sorry. enough. Not enough science. Too much logic. Okay. okay. Science says they'd be celebrating. Yeah. What else? Uh, Harry's son for sure knows that Peter oh, yeah. is Spider-Man. When I saw that book reading it this time, I'm like, oh yeah, Liz was, Liz was right. Yeah. I mean, you should just apply that Liz to is, all Liz statements. Liz is Cyclops. That, you know? um, <laughs> so they're flipping the storyline again that the dad and mom aren't the dad and mom, maybe? Did you get that sense, too? Which part? The very end where he's talking to his dad and... Peter's like, oh, we have to be honest with each other. And then it's like just a panel of the oh. dad's fist. And he's like, yeah, we have to be I'm honest so with each other. I'm so over his parents. I am. God, I hope it, it is over soon. I, I cannot possibly, like, I haven't looked into it. But from what little I know of Spider-Man after this, I cannot possibly believe they're his parents. And I'm just ready for it to be done. Next time Carnage breaks out, hopefully he just kills him. <laughs> I, I thought kidding. that was going to be the arc of this. I thought Carnage was going to kill the parents, but just kills everyone else in town. Except the people we really need him to kill. That's Anyways, right. Liz, what were you saying? 
Uh, I really like the part where Carnage is mouthing off the Venom, and then Venom punches him through the like iconic wall that says Carnage rules. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a really that good, was hilarious. Yeah, um, really good panel. I'm glad you called that one out. Uh, final thoughts on it? Anticlimactic. I was cool with the the oversized issue, but um, the way it ends, you had 14 issues for all this stuff, and it just kind of fizzled out. Yeah, it did. Fizzled out big time. Just so he could return again. Just so they all could return. There's no big dramatic ending. Now, if Carnage would have actually died at the, at the end of this, or Spider-Man would have chosen to kill him, the repercussions would have been monumental. And I think that could have led to some really interesting storylines going forward that would have made this more valuable than it is. It also could have led to even bigger character development. Exactly. Permanent character development that would happen <laughs> it would with have been, Peter as well. It would have been almost as big of a deal for him as a character-defining de- moment as Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, uh, I mean, Carnage, how many times can you get him out to where he does the same exact thing every single time? Like, will we really care that much when he comes back again? No. Like, have him, have him go out with the bang. And then that's where people are like, that's that's why Carnage is dope. Yeah. Um, so on top of it being repetitive and long, Spider-Man's just starting to get on my nerves with his whole dragging his feet with this stuff. Like, I get it. It's his whole morality thing. But that's why he's a backup Avenger. Oh, God. Um, Reserve Avenger. I think it sums up in a part towards the end, uh, right before Carnage is taken down, where Spider-Man's trying to talk venom out of killing him and he says about carnage in his own fashion he just might be the most innocent of all like spider-man is reaching yeah venom level delusion yes he is yeah there's it's, it's that's getting ridiculous what, that's why i was kind of mentioning it earlier about how they were planting all these seeds about his upbringing about halfway through the story to try and get us to to see spider-man's point of view that his actions were not his own like weren't you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just, I can't fathom justifying that. Like, you don't sit there and be like, I don't, forgive me for not knowing the entire history of Hitler, but say his backstory was the same. I don't think anyone would be like, you know, that poor Hitler had it rough growing up. It's not his fault that he murdered all those people. Exactly. Like, But apparently no. Spider-Man would. <laughs> yeah, I guess he would because he sees the, the good in everyone. Uh, any other final thoughts, Dave? But it's over. (laughs) (laughs) So, as is sometimes the custom, we have adopted the second opinion piece. This time it comes from uh, our friend Ethan Coney, who goes by EC underscore comics on Instagram. And he had a more positive outlook on the Maximum Carnage event. Uh, So, what he says is he first read it about 15 years ago. Back then, it was kind of hard for him to get a hold of comics uh, because I think he's from the UK. And he got this one as a gift, and for him it was a story. It was more than just an arc. It felt like an epic event because of the inclusion and team-ups of so many characters. And a Spider-Man book, it was unique to see a character like Carnage in Spider-Man because he was just a mindless murderer and had different morals compared to this, the previous foes for Spider-Man. And he actually says it felt like reading a horror book at times. I can kind of see where he's coming from with that. Uh, which uh, he says feels mad to say about a Spider-Man book. Carnage's design to personality, it was clear within the first few issues of the series he was going to solidify himself as one of Peter's greatest foes. can agree with that. 
His team with the likes of Shriek and the Doppelganger was engaging in fun. His favorite part of the story is Spider-Man and Venom team up, uh, teaming up as Eddie is defeated. He knows he needs Peter's help, which is very entertaining for us to read. I get, yeah, their team up was a lot of fun. I wish there was more of them and less of everyone else. So I, I can agree with that point. He goes on to say he was Spidey's worst foe before their team up, but becomes quite divided uh, with Venom being the anti-hero and his need to put it into carnage at all costs. But Spider-Man sticks with his morals and won't shed any blood even against the deadliest of foes. It shines light back to their first encounter as even when working together, Spider-Man and Venom are bitter rivals and can't decide on how to stop an even greater monster. He says that he knows a lot of people have their issues, which if you're listening to this, Ethan, you will know that we had ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and saying the story is a bit stumbly, uh, I think people will agree uh, in places, but he highly recommends it if you are a fan of Spider-Man. It's an essential and you'll love every second. So I agree that as if you're a Spider-Man fan, you need to read this for sure. It's too big of a part of the lore to ignore and not read it. Uh, so let's let's get to our personal ratings of the entire arc. So for those who don't know, one to three means ban it from Marvel canon. Four to seven means borrow it and find a way to read it. And eight to ten means buy it and add it to your collection. Dave, how would you rate this one? I'd give it a six. Okay. Nearly That's- mediocre, but, you know, it's um, it's decent enough. If you're a Carnage fan, I mean, and if you even saw the red cart on Super Nintendo, the the Maximum Carnage game, this is where it comes from. I I would at least, if you're a fan of the character or Spider-Man in general, I I would recommend this series um, to buy it and own it if you can get the uh, the books at a decent price because I'm sure there's a novelty on it um, or novelty about it. Uh, yeah, that's fine too. I couldn't imagine trying to find all these back in the day, but, uh, but yeah, I'd I'd just give it a six. It was okay. Solid. Liz? I'm going to go five. Uh, yeah, you should read it, but it's more like when you're assigned books in high school, (laughs) you just have to, yeah, (laughs) I got some serious like Spidey burnout reading this. It was, it was rough. I'm hoping our next bit is a good story because... Oh, if that last issue wasn't good. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to land on a five as well. I think you definitely have to read it. If you're a Spider-Man fan, today's point, if you're a Carnage fan, you probably should own it as it is a huge part of his story. But uh, and for just normal fans of comics, I would say five. Just find a way to read it. You don't need to go out and buy it. So if you'd like to be a part of our second opinion piece, Please check out marvelmythos.com for a full list of upcoming episodes. We generally record about two weeks in advance, so hit us up at marvelmythospodcast at gmail.com with your second opinion on whichever ones that you want to contribute to. Or you can find me on Instagram at marvel underscore mythos and on Twitter at marvelmythospod. Next week, we're going to be covering X-Men Fatal Attractions. I'm really excited to talk that one, and we'll see you next time. Shout out to Footlong Dong for listening in. Uh, there was a there, how I came up with that came up with it. How I know of a Footlong Dong is because 
some guy came in uh, to GameStop, <laughs> and he he traded in his system, and his name on his system was Footlong Dong, and he was like this really like snazzy businessman guy, and he's like he's like oh, I need to trade in my my PS3, and like we turned it on, and it said boom, did like the the noise and stuff, and we connected it to the internet. His, his name came up as like Footlong Dong is now online. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go friend request him. And now. I'm like, I will carry this with me. For yeah, the, <laughs> the snazzy oh. business, dude. So uh, many places that story could have gone. I'm, I'm, I'm refraining from saying the thoughts that are in my go, head. Go ahead and say it, Brian. Yeah. You can repent nope. later. Nope, not saying it. 